From Like to Know It, this is Influencer Radio, a show about the influencer industry. This season, we sit down with some of the world's most successful influencers to unpack their unique life adventures and the digital businesses they built. I'm your host, Amber Vinsbox. Today, I'm sitting down with Erica of Fashion Chic Styling and Lucy of Lucy's Whims, two best friends who have a unique and powerful friendship. After meeting at an event, the two gravitated towards one another and haven't looked back since. They shoot each other's photos, travel together, and motivate one another. After one look at their city-inspired looks, you may be given the impression they're New Yorkers, but you might be surprised to hear they actually live in the San Diego area. On this week's episode, we'll be diving into their world and hearing more about how they got started, how they lift each other up, learn from one another, and empower each other in this sometimes competitive space. Lucy and Erica, I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Okay, so I want to start with you, Lucy. Your background is so unique to so many women that I've talked to. So tell me a little bit just about your childhood. Okay. Um, I was born in Barcelona, Spain to immigrant parents. My mom is from Honduras, Central America, and my dad is from Colombia. Um, we lived there until I was about seven years old. In and Colombia? Uh, no, in Spain. In Spain, In okay. Spain, in Barcelona, Spain. Um, so those are like my fondest memories, I guess you could say, of like childhood was like, you know, what a city to grow up in. Um, from Barcelona, Spain, my mom separated from my dad. So then we immigrated to the U.S. and we came to Florida initially and then have traveled all over the U.S. kind of with that. So what's your nationality? That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm technically Spanish by birth. I like to say I'm brown or Latin okay. Okay. <laughs> because my dad's Colombian, my mom's Honduran. Um, I was born in Spain, so I'm kind of this mix. I just, I guess I'm Latin. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, growing up with, you know, separated parents that they lived in different countries? They did. Um, my dad stayed behind in Spain and I would see him probably about once a year or so. And then was it just you and your mom or you guys? It was just my mom and I, yes. So she did remarry. Um, I had my stepdad up until my teenage years. And then after this teenage years, she was a single mom. Um, it was just her and I. I do have an older sister, but it's a very big age gap. So she wasn't home with us at that time. She was already out living her life. Um, so yeah, it was just the two of us. Where were your teenage years? Alaska. <laughs> Alaska. <laughs> Alaska out of all places. Like I did not belong in Alaska clearly at all. Okay, how did you guys end up in Alaska? Um, after my mom divorced, it was a choice of either going back to Spain or um, staying in the U.S. And we didn't have any family in the U.S. except for she had a brother in Alaska. So we went to Alaska. That's incredible. No, it was rough. It was rough. It was my freshman year of high school, January. I went into a full-on depression. And this is probably, I mean, e-commerce is, is really more of a recent thing. So I'm assuming this is before you're ordering on the internet. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and also... What was your childhood like? Because, you know, having a single mother, you have a different life experience, I think, than, than maybe some others. And so did you start working at an early age? I did. Um, so, yes, because my mom was a single mom, um, she worked a lot, um, which meant that I was on my own a lot. Um, she worked, gosh, I think at one point I remember her leaving at 7 in the morning and working all the way until, like, 11 o'clock at night. So I was in a lot of, like, after-school programs that were, you know, free or funded by the city. Um, and then I started working at a very young age because we were, you know, we were poor. 
You yeah. know, we were very financially not secure. Um, there was times when we lived with uncles, with grandmothers, um, because just financially we couldn't afford to be on our own. What um, kind of jobs would you get? Oh gosh, my first job was at a weights and measures truck stop. <laughs> Wait, what is it? What does that mean? Um, yeah, it's bizarre. Um, so basically, I was the girl. You go, whenever you go like um, on the highways, there's the truck stops where semis have to check in and check in their weight to make sure that they're not overweight and contraband, I guess you could say. And I filed in this truck stop. And it was done by the government. It was back like when you could still work when you were 13, 14. Um, so that was one of my first jobs. So did you continue working there yeah. at Weights and Measures? or um, No, I continued to work in there for quite a, for probably I think it was like over the summer. And then from there I went to Popeye's. <laughs> it was very fashionable, very <laughs> chic. I worked there for a time. I worked at, um, I worked at Nordstrom's. That was like my claim to fame. I think I was like 17 and I started working was there. Is this Nordstrom, Alaska? Nordstrom's Alaska. Wow. The one retailer. It's like the motherland yeah. <laughs> yes. in Alaska. Mecca. For sure. Exactly. It's Mecca. Exactly. Yeah. But I've always worked. I've always worked. Were you always interested in fashion? I was. Um, I was, like I said, I moved to Alaska my freshman year of high school from Florida. So when I moved there, I was the girl in the middle of winter that was wearing like cut off jean shorts and over the knee socks and combat boots. You know, I thought I was like really chic and fashionable in Alaska in like 10 degree weather. What was that like socially? Because you've, you've lived in these really fantastic places mm -hmm. that are large cities, and then you've moved across the world, like almost to Russia, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and I'm assuming a small town. Anchorage, so the bigger Anchorage, of okay. the towns, but I mean, it's still a relatively small town. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. I mean, I've had to make friendships in so many different places. I think it taught me to be really social, um, but it was also you know, difficult because we were poor. Um, we were very Latin, especially like when we lived in Florida, like it was a very, it wasn't my community, you okay. could say. So I was like the, I stood really, out. Even in Florida. Oh yeah, for sure. For okay. sure. Cause I wasn't in like the Miami, Florida. Okay. I was like in the middle Florida. Got it. Um, so I stood out, I had froey hair and a big nose. <laughs> I love it. I dress the best hair right now. I keep staring I, at it. It's like it got this fantastic volume. I'm like, how do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> Product, <Yeah>. dirty hair, <laughs> dirty hair. Okay, so Alaska. So you're working at Nordstrom. Is that mm -hmm. high school now? Or that was high school. Okay. Um, so I worked there for quite a while, and then um, I moved out of the country, chasing a boy. Um, did that for a year. Lived in Mexico. Saved up money, came back to Alaska. Were you in like a Tulum, Cabo, Mexico City? Where were you? I was in Puerto Vallarta. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a fun place to it be. It was super fun. It was such a wild time. Was he from Puerto Vallarta? He was. He was a surfer. I went. He was a boogie boarder, like a professional boogie boarder. I went chasing a boy. It was like so cliche. I love this. But it was, it was, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> and then I went back to Alaska. Um, and then I've had quite a few careers from there. They've always been gravitated towards fashion and beauty. Um, like I did hair for a while. Um, worked retail, of course. And then ended up working for Sephora for many years, too. So what did you like more, fashion or beauty? Um, you know, I liked them both. I think fashion is always going to be part of me. So it was infused in beauty. Um, but working at Sephora taught me so much. So it, it is the beauty industry, mm -hmm. but they do an incredible job of developing people. So it was a really great experience in that way, like teaching me like corporate life, I guess. What were some of the things that they did to like pour into you as an individual? Um, 
they really challenge you. Like they're, one of their biggest things that they do is provide feedback. So you're mm-hmm. constantly being told like what you're doing great and what are your opportunities? Yes. So it's a constant growth. So that was really, really empowering for me and it really helped me grow because I knew what to change and what to develop. And Did you feel like that was the first time that someone had been honest with you about like your, your growth areas? Oh, for sure. And the first time that anybody cared. You know, the first time that anybody cared to develop me and to, like, give me a career path. I didn't come from, like, the means of having college, you know, given mm-hmm. to me or having, like, an education that just came freely. So yeah. they invested in that in me. So Yeah. And how long did you stay there? It was 10 years. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think when I look at other organizations, it is those organizations that pour into their people and mm-hmm. really invest in them that gives you that um, that longevity and that desire sure. to stay attached to a brand. For because sure. like you said, while Sephora represents other brands, um, they are a brand in themselves and mm-hmm. it's not sure. like they earned your And allegiance. they're like a very um, woman empowering brand. When I started with them, I was working as a greeter. (laughs) Hi, welcome to Sephora. Hi, welcome to Sephora. And when I left there, I was helping with like their education. I was training upper management. Like they really developed from the ground up. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. It's it's exciting to be able to share with other business owners and leaders and managers within their organization of when you find those fantastic people, like how do you keep them? Right. And you know, it's interesting. Something that I found within reward style is some of our, our best team members have worked in hospitality. And I mean that in the broadest sense. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's being a greeter at Sephora or working at a restaurant or working retail. And there's this like grittiness and this desire to, Mm -hmm. to contribute to team. And those people are now their managers on our team. They're now running entire projects um, it's it's exciting to see you know that grit and that drive when developed what it can right can what it become. can turn into so Erica I know you guys didn't grow up together tell me a little bit about what was life was like for you well, I grew up in Green Bay Wisconsin so very cold and very blue collar and not fashionable at all land but um it was great because I had like it's a really nice small town and you had the small town feel and you feel connected to the people so you know and in the winter you build snowmen and I really loved it like growing up there small in in like what sense like how many people were in your class like your graduating class that's a good question I'm not really sure yeah yeah it just felt small (laughs) it's just a small yeah and then tell me about your parents what were they doing up in Green Bay Um, my dad owned a lumber company and my mom stayed at home with us for quite a while, but then she actually started her own health food store. So um, we were a little more, I guess, healthy than the usual Green Bay people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that was earlier than this whole kind of trend of just like wellness and self-care and understanding where your foods come from. Yeah, definitely. She was like, did yoga and this was like in the 80s. And so it was not common at all. So she was kind of like a free spirit, which I appreciated that openness like growing up. What are those traits that you got from your mother and father? Um, I think my dad, he was a really strong businessman and worked really, really hard. And I think I got that work ethic for sure from him. And then my mom, like I'm open to anything. I've you know, uh, been a vegetarian for a long time, um, very health conscious. So I got that from her for sure. Not many people have that life experience. I know me as a mom, I'm like, my kids would be lucky to have your mother because I'm (laughs) slinging out corny dogs to like make it go. So one day we'll get to the organic food. Um, We're not always good. We actually just have like bars and bars of chocolate to give to our children when we get back. So it's not always that. Baxter has the kids this weekend and he was like, they just love hanging out with me. And I was like, that's really sweet. Why do you think that they love spending time with you? And he was like, 
well, maybe it's because I give him chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay. You're buying affection. It also might be that. <laughs> so when, like, what was your first job? Uh, my first real job, I bagged groceries at a grocery store, but I didn't do that till I think um, after I graduated high school. My parents didn't want me to work at all in high school. They just wanted me to focus on um, academics. And then did you decide to go to college? I did. Um, I went to school up in Northern Michigan University um, my first two years. I partied a lot. <laughs> As you should. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, I kind of skipped around and went to um, school in Milwaukee and then to Madison, and I ended up um, doing a vet tech program in Madison and graduated with that. Had um, you always I, loved animals? I or? loved animals, yeah, always, yeah. Uh, grew up, we had like, at one point we had, I think, like 15 guinea pigs at a time. Like, we had like, we had a lot of animals, rabbits, dogs. I showed horses in high school. Um, yeah. What do you so, do with guinea pigs? You just pet them. Okay. <laughs> them. Squeeze, of them. Squeeze them a little too hard when you're young. Because oh. you love them so much. So the, uh, you're like 15 pets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're, not, we're not selling. We're not eating. We're playing. No. With them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what you do with guinea pigs. No, no, no. Okay. Always pets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, we love our animals. <laughs> oh, I love okay. yeah, You're vegetarian. You're like, we definitely yeah, we're not, not eating, eating yeah. them. Um, okay. So, but you're not a vet today. No. So. I worked with, when I graduated, I went to, um, Chicago and I worked at emergency animal hospital for about a year or so and then I decided to move to San Diego and I worked with a neurologist um, for a couple years there. Was there anybody in San Diego or you just Um, wanted to get out of? Yeah I had two greyhounds at the time in San Diego and they have like no fat and so I had to walk them outside because I live in an apartment and I had to put their jackets on and their um, turtlenecks and like their booties on in the winter and it took me like 15 minutes to like get my greyhounds ready to go outside and I had to do this like a couple times a day is right is this how it works in Chicago this is how you take your dogs out well I'm a great I mean my greyhounds didn't have any hair like right. other dogs yeah. can just go out well I but- have been curious about this because we have big dogs and I've always wondered in cold climates how do you do that yeah, I think most dogs can handle it better than my dogs could. Okay. And they're more delicate. And so, and then you would walk them through the snow and their booties would come off and then they wouldn't walk. And then I would have to take off my gloves and putting their booties back on. And I was like, oh, I need to get out of here. I'm like, this is just too much work. And I love my dogs. So, um, and it was stressful. You know, I worked the four to midnight um, slot at the vet hospital. And so I was like driving home at midnight when it was snowstorms. And, you know, it was just kind of stressful. Yeah. So one day I'm like, I'm out of here. I looked at a map. Like this way, I looked at a map. I'm like, where do I go where it's warm? I'm like Florida, no, I don't want to go to Florida. San Diego, I'm going to San Diego. I knew nothing about San Diego. But I just, like, it just drew me to it. And um, I had a boyfriend at the time. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go move to San Diego. If you want to come, you can. But I'm going to go no matter what. And he's like, yeah, I'll come. So we moved out together. How cool. <laughs> Is this... Y'all still together today? No. Different? Okay. No, he's a great okay. guy, but so no. So you, you had a teammate moving with you across right. the world. So when did you get started in the influencer industry? Um, not till I got married, um, had some babies, and then I've always loved fashion, but it was never part of like Green Bay or the Midwest. It wasn't important, but um, I really liked um, style, and I um, ended up going to LA, took some classes in like personal styling. And I started my own personal styling business. And as like to stand out in the industry in San Diego, I started a blog. 
just to give style tips to what my clients. What year was that? I'm so bad at time. I think it was, I like really am like the worst. Uh, 2013, I think. Yeah. Back in Green Bay. So had you always been interested in, you loved animals. Were you always interested in fashion? Yes, I always was. I always loved dressing up and like putting looks together. So I was like fashionable. Did you have a community of people that were also interested in that? Or was this sort of like a solo hobby? It was solo for sure. Yeah. It just, yeah. It just wasn't really part of the culture in Green Bay. Like people like to look nice, but. You know, they didn't put that, like, as much effort in it as, as I would, yes. you know. Um, so, and, you know, there was no personal stylist when I was growing up. That wasn't an actual career. There was no such thing as that. Um, so, you know, fashion was never a thought that I could do as a, a career growing up. And so I did the vet tech. And then once I was kind of on my own stable and had my babies, I'm like, okay, starting my personal styling company, I did that. And then did my blog as a hobby to give style tips to my clients to try to stand out as a stylist in San Diego. And so how do you get started? For those people who aren't as familiar with the personal shopping business, how do you get started in that business or what what does that look like? Um, for me, I went up to LA and there was like, um, like some classes you could take. So I would go up there and then um, just kind of learn about how you start your own business. Um, did like some online stuff too, just to like, cause you had to learn different body types and um, practice on real women. Yeah, cause it's not about you. You have to learn personal style and how to make other people feel like themselves. So they're confident. So you've started this website to market your offline business of personal shopping. Right. Yes. And then what, like the blogs obviously, and your influencer business overall, not just the blog is, has grown tremendously over the last, what would that be like six years? Yeah. It was so unexpected. I just started putting my, um, pictures from my blog on Instagram because my friends are like, oh, you really got to get on Instagram. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, what's that going to do for me? You know, that's what I thought. And, my, and then finally after a while, I'm like, okay, I'll put some pictures up. And you know, like the first six months, it took me like six months to get to a thousand followers, like, which was fine with me because I, I never really cared to grow or and stuff. But then all of a sudden it like took off and I was so surprised by that. And I remember when I was at 20K, I almost had a panic attack and I was like, this is so many eyes on me. Like, I don't like this. You know, I'm kind of a more introverted or like I like a small group of people and I almost quit like Instagram and my blog so I was like this is too many people looking at me I don't like it I think what a lot of people don't understand about the blogging world and because from the outside looking in it's a bunch of usually attractive women who take good care of themselves and they might seem extroverted because they're talking to the world but actually it's really the quiet quite the opposite the reason you had time to talk to the world is because you weren't talking to other people <laughs> you know it's, <laughs> it's like true. it's a, it's a it's solopreneurship which is something that's really quite different than than what other entrepreneurs experience which is like you're doing it all yourself for oftentimes years before you even are able to grow into a community that is supporting you mm-hmm. it's a very solitary job for quite a while quite a while so you have 30,000 people watching you did you change anything about what you're doing? No, I just kind of like really kind of like looked inside myself. I'm like, it's okay. You can do this. Just keep going. It was always in the back of my head. Like, just keep going, keep going. It's all going to work out. Like, go with the flow of this. But, you know, like I was I was nervous with all those people. And I felt like each picture I put out was like people were judging me. And all my followers are very nice. I never really got rude comments. But it was just in my head like that's a lot of eyes on me. I don't know if I like that. What did your family think about that? Like your kids or a spouse or parents? My family, my immediate family, my husband and stuff, 
thought it was fun. Like, you know, it's a cool hobby. Um, and he took my pictures in the beginning. And my kids were young, so they would come on photo shoots with me, and they hated it pretty much. So you're bringing your kids on photo shoots. How old are they? Uh, my daughter was a year and a half when we started, and my son must have been like five-ish. And so my husband would take the pictures, and I'd be actually watching the kids um, and making sure they weren't running into the street. So it was, like, really hard to, like, look relaxed and cool while you're just, like, <laughs> yeah. looking at what your kids are doing so they don't die. <laughs> Which you would never know by looking at your photos because they are the ultimate cool kid photos. Yeah. Well, now they are. Now that my kids don't, like, <laughs> have to be there, I can relax a little better and do a little more. Yeah. So the kids, you know, were kids. Your husband's yeah. helping out. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else in your family, like, see what you're doing and... Yeah, like my parents, they liked that I did my personal styling because my dad was like a businessman, so he liked that. But um, they didn't like my blog at all. They found it um, as showy. They couldn't understand that it was more about giving style tips and inspiring women to be confident. And that was my goal, but they thought it was like, oh, what's she doing taking pictures of herself? They weren't supportive of that. Because culturally, that would have been something not acceptable in Green Bay. Right, exactly. And at one point, my mom said to me, like, you know, the family's talking. This is embarrassing. You need to stop. So it was really hard. (laughs) That is really hard. Uh, You know, everyone has a different story of, like, the support in in their lives, of course. And, um, you know, oftentimes you hear of maybe there's, like, a spouse or a best friend or somebody who's been supportive with you. And then it's, it's, it's interesting to, to hear there's always another side of someone who's saying either why are you working or we don't like the way you're presenting yourself or, you know, and, and especially I think in the beginning you hear that a lot. And there's, of course, different verticals. Not everyone's talking about fashion. There's people talking about fitness, but, but family members looking on saying, why are you photo, you know, why are you doing videos of your fitness routine and putting it on Instagram to your 500 followers? You're like, well, you have to start somewhere. Right, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. At that point, my mom and I probably didn't talk for a year. But there was always something in the back of my head just saying, like, just keep going, keep doing it. So I did, even though it was hard with the family. And my sister didn't really support it either. Still to this day, when we go to family functions, everyone talks about their work and stuff. No one will ever ask about mine, ever. So it's... Which is crazy because, I mean, she's hit, like... Right. A level that's like I'll say, huge. So, so just for our audience, how many people are, are following along with you today? 1.1 million, <laughs> which that's, is I mean, amazing. Yeah, that's, that's worth asking about. Yeah. <laughs> worth asking right. about. So now that the million followers have their minds changed? A big shift, I think, for them was I did a Bergdorf Goodman lookbook, and I was actually on their site. So when my parents could see, like, wow, she's on this, like, iconic retailer site you know maybe she's doing something good (laughs) you're you know um talented right in what I was doing and it wasn't showy it was actually like talent of being creative so um that shipped a little bit but still like I said they don't talk about it um it's more like oh you know your kids you don't get to spend as much time with your kids anymore, you know, stuff like that. So I still get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think women especially, to get the little jabs from family members. Yes. And it's, it's just like, oh, well, you know, Birdie's here today and she did this thing. Did you know she does this thing? Right. You're like, well, I go to work during the day. So if it happened at that period, no, I missed it. And, you know, I talk to my husband often about this and, he, and he's like, Amber, people work. Like, you're not going to be there for all the things. Um, and that's just the way of life. You know? I think there's a, a different standard for men than there is for women. Because I think everybody expected, like, your father 
you know, he travels, he goes out to work, he goes to the office, and that's okay if he misses, you know, the first step because he was at work. But there's a different standard when a mom misses it, and it's it's unfortunate, and it becomes like a very painful judgment on Mm -hmm. your mothering and even when you have a super successful career I mean you have over a million followers so it's not like you're doing it so that you can do something a little more frivolous like this is meaningful for you and your family yeah definitely it's like a you know like it's our livelihood right now and um but still my parents just think that I should probably quit or you know like (laughs) I don't know they just don't take it seriously still a little better but just yeah 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 never been that's supportive probably will never be 100% on it and come to terms with that. <laughs> yeah. The, the emotional toll of entrepreneurship is something that's not often talked about. And it's, it's something that is serious no matter what industry you're in, because as you're building a business, regardless of what that is, that's emotional and challenging. And there's ups and downs in the periods where you don't know that, you know, you're waking up every day doing something in hopes that it one day becomes something, but all that time up to the 30,000 and up to the 80,000 and to the hundred and to the 500 and like to the million, like you don't know what's going to change and with technology or people's preferences that you're going to be able to hit those, those next end goals. And so that becomes an emotionally stressful thing. And then to layer on top of it, family dynamics, whether it's, you know, for some women whose husbands aren't supportive or parents aren't supportive, or they're getting grief from peer groups around, you're not spending time with your children. And, you know, I would lay that back to everyone who's thinking about entrepreneurship to be okay with that reality. And then also those who have friends and, and relatives that are entrepreneurs to understand the, the um, emotional challenges that you're dealing with just having the business for itself. Sure. I feel like for me and in life in general, like whenever I listen to my heart, listen to that like voice, it's never wrong. So I was just, if it feels right to me, even though it might not be getting support or there's like hard times, if I just like listen to my heart, it always goes well and super lucky. <laughs> Lucy, when you started your blog, was it to support another business or how did you get going? No, um, I stayed home with my kids. I left Sephora, which was a really tough decision for me. Um, and when I stayed home with them, I think it was after the second one, I got the baby blues. I got a bit of the baby blues. I think um, I wasn't used to not working. I'd always worked, and it was something that gave me self-esteem and confidence, and it just, like, really empowered me. And well, you when, had, you'd worked since you were 13 years exactly, old, right? Like, it was part of my life always. It was it defined me. And when I had my kids and I stayed home with them, I just got really lonely and depressed and sad, and I just didn't feel successful. So I needed something to make me feel successful again. Um, and at that time, I remember one of my girlfriends had started this blog, Katie James. Yes. Yes. So she'd moved to Mexico. Such a small world. It's such a small world. Um, so she'd started this blog and she'd moved to Mexico and she was like documenting this journey. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Maybe I'll start doing something like that. And then I was doing some styling on the side and it was just word of mouth, you know, like girlfriends. And then it kind of trickled from there. Um, so then I started the blog. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was doing recipes. I was doing house stuff. What was the name um, of this blog? It was the same name. Okay. It was the same. It was still Lucy's Whims. Oh, but and I also had like another fork to it that was like Little Whims, where I would share like more of like the children's stuff, like things, baby fashion and all that. Because um, you had two kids at this time. Because I had two kids yeah. at the time. So yeah, so again, I'm home, sad, alone, decide to start this blog. And then the thing that is catching momentum is the fashion stuff. 
So I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel good again. Like I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident, like doing something, chasing something. Was there a point where you either had a certain level of traffic or a certain number of followers that you felt confident? No, I, I think it was just doing something, like working towards something, like made me feel successful. Um, even just like I created my own blog, like doing that, like I had to research like YouTube videos, like how do you size a photo? How do I like, you know, do headings? Um, so just being active and teaching myself something and learning just gave me, again, that drive again. Um, so yeah, I borrowed $300 from my husband so that I could buy a logo, so I could buy a website, um, and so I could buy like a pair of shoes. And that's kind of how it started. <laughs> and then it felt great. Like those baby blues, that like loneliness and that like just not feeling successful, I could see that shift, you know, happening in me. And then I just kind of kept chasing it. What did your husband think about this? He thought, he didn't get it. I mean, this was also at a time where blogs are not, were not as mainstream. Oh yeah, what year is this, by the way? It's like five years ago. Okay. I mean, I guess they were, but just not in our family. No, I mean, so five yeah. years ago, 2014, I was, at the time, for context, was traveling the world, beating down retailers, first of all, to just get in the door, and then second of all, to try and convince them that they should work with Reward Style to commission influencers who drove sales to their to their e-commerce sites. And the feedback I got was, um, we don't work with bloggers. We are not interested in growing our e-commerce. We don't have time to meet with you. Who are you, random yeah. girl? They didn't see the value. And yes. So, I mean, even now, who is like, you know, pouring the fuel on this industry, they didn't even get it. So to, to think that your husband did it yeah. is not He just had reach. no idea. But he knew that I wanted to feel good again and I wanted to feel confident and strong. So he was like, all right, I don't know what a blog does. I don't know. I mean, you're shopping anyway, so I guess you might as well take a photo in it, you know, <laughs> let it go somewhere. <laughs> so he was really supportive. And probably even like a year and a half, two years in, he would still ask me like, so what's the blog do? Are you going to make money someday? You know, because you don't make money for a really long time. Did you do it like while he was at work or did you yeah. do it? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, he has his own business, so he's got very flexible hours. Um, but yeah, I just did it while, you know, on my time off. I hired a photographer. I was always really passionate about photography. Um, I followed Erica, of course, yeah. and her photos were so inspiring to me. So when I started the blog, I was like, I knew I didn't want to do like mediocre. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be really great. So I spent money on professional photographers and, you know, really learned how to edit and watched YouTube videos. Um, and so when did you guys cross paths? So we met at a blogger dinner. Yes. yes. Was it like three years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Three years ago. About? It feels like it's been 10. Though. I know. I feel like we're, yeah. We always say like people think we look like sisters, but it feels like we're sisters. Yeah. We're, we're like, soul sisters. No, you, yeah. you yeah. feel that with you guys. It's, yeah. I know. I'm like only three years. I'm like, you guys, yeah, you seem like you were you were meant to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we traveled together. We get to know someone real fast when you travel you sure with them. Do. We share yeah. a bed yeah. when we traveling. <laughs> I love it. It's almost like the joke because we end up in these beautiful destinations and it's yeah. like, this is so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Yeah. We just we're went like to Iceland. Through, we went, we're going through the Blue Lagoon. And it's like all couples. It's all couples. And we're, and like, we're like, this is so romantic right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're like taking photos with like champagne. I'm like, yeah, this could be weird. <laughs> okay. So, you know, there's a, there's a dynamic here though, too, because, okay, you guys met at a dinner, but as with any industry, there's people who are more successful in industry or more well-known and, and essentially kind of like many celebrities and especially maybe to you, maybe Erica was a little bit someone you looked up to. Oh, for sure. So, for sure. I mean, I've gone into events before and not know what to say to someone that I admire because everything seems silly. Yeah. And so what, how did you guys like approach? 
Yeah, I'm pretty chatty. And, you know, the dinner was great. And there was a lot of really great girls there. But a lot of them I didn't necessarily have a lot in common with. Why? Um, what was, like, different? I, you know, I think they were in different places in their lives. Like, I had children. I had a husband. I had a household. I, you know, had already had multiple careers. And um, you started this career after having those after things. After having all those yeah. things. Um, where a lot of the girls there, you know, they were straight out of college or straight out of high school or, you know, just it, it was a totally different time in their lives. Um, so I just gravitated towards Erica because we had something in common. We had something to talk about. Um, and at that time, I remember I'd started my blog. And as I said earlier, it's a, it's a solitary job. It's lonely. And you need to have a person. Like you really need to have like a confidant, somebody to like vent to because it can be very frustrating and lonely and you're staring at that Instagram and that number um so yeah so I met her and I instantly I was like we are going to be friends (laughs) I need a person you are going to be my person (laughs) because we yeah we just had a good time I think I make her laugh (laughs) I entertain her (laughs) I make her get a little wild you know (laughs) Out of her first martini. Yes, yes, taking a martini kick. This is so good. So, do you, you guys, you do help each other? You travel together. Do you like what does that look like? Do you take each other's photos? Do you help each other negotiate? Like, what all do you do together? We take each other's photos and, like, yeah, we just help each other out. Like, um, just in traveling, if she has to travel somewhere, if I have to travel somewhere, and we need. We don't want to rely on like the given photographer for work. We're just like, hey, you know, like, can you come with can me? Can you come with me? Just Let's like together. always, yeah, it's just a, like unconditional support yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And in the beginning, I mean, Erica taught me so much in the beginning. Sometimes women don't like to share. They don't like to share the insight or the tips. And Erica was so giving. You know, she was like, okay, do this. You know, try this. She would let me borrow her clothes. I couldn't afford to buy clothes. You know, she'd be like, you know, hey, this will look great on you. Try this. I'm like, okay. You know, so she was super supportive and like super unconditional and just like giving. It wasn't like, a, you know, I've made it here. Nobody else can, right. you know, can come near this. What were some of those tricks that you shared that were so helpful? Oh my gosh, editing. 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 Like photo yeah. editing? Yes. Like, girl, how do I not look orange? <laughs> I want brown, toasty skin. Wow. <laughs> like, definitely editing um, and photography. Um, we started taking, her husband would take her photos. And then I remember I used to come along with the kids and the husband mm-hmm. and see the chaos so that I could learn. I'm like, I want to learn, you know, how to take great imagery because it got expensive after a while to pay a photographer. Um, and then we started taking each other's photos and learning. Yeah. Uh, we kind of taught each other. How so to, how do you yeah. get the toasty skin? Oh, coming it's, from it's a top secret. The palest <laughs> girl at this event. It's all about lighting. Yeah, the we camera sh- yeah. settings. Yeah, okay. so we shift. <laughs> so if somebody has this problem of like orange skin, is there something that that they can do? Bring down orange. Bring down orange. We like your saturation. Yeah, we had it in Photoshop. Okay. So like bring down that saturation. For sure. Blues. Like, that's why my feed looks really blue, because it, like, cools my skin to, like, a nice color. And, I mean, you guys both have, like, a a specific aesthetic that I think a lot of people would like. Like, how have you, and your angles are also super different. So what would you say as far as, like, for someone getting started with photography and thinking about, like, composition, how do you guys think about it? You know, I come from, like, a, a brand point of view with all my imagery. Like, my goal isn't so much to show me it's to show the clothes in the best possible light. Like I'm like really looking at it like, how do I get the clothes to hang best? I'm not trying to like 
I don't know, become best friends okay. in that way. I want to like show you how to style this outfit, how it hangs and how to make it look as best as possible. Um, so sometimes, I mean, it's very awkward positions, <laughs> you know, like somebody said like the broken doll pose, you know, we do that a lot. So I think I come at it from that angle, whether it's for shoes, you know, if I'm going to do a shoe campaign, I'm not going to give you a full body shot. I'm going to give you a shoe shot. Right. So, it, and that's a different approach than some influencers because some influencers want to share whether it's about postpartum or about, you know, lack of family support or whatever that those things are. And you guys are approaching it very differently. So are you getting different types of like comments and DMs? Like, are they, are they asking to see like more about your life or do they really, they just want to know how the blazer fit? Yes. The addition of Insta stories has been such a game changer in being able to share more of the personal side of things, um, which has been really great for me. Like, I feel like people didn't really know me from the photos, especially since I like cut my face off of half of them. Um, so it gave me like a connection. Um, but even before that, yeah, they ask about everything. Yeah, they ask, what do you eat? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, a, yeah, that's a big, that's one. A big question. What do you eat? What's your workout? What's your workout? Mm -hmm. um, what do you guys eat? Not much. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that's not We're true. avid intermittent fasters. Yes. Yeah, which is, you know, it, it was, we did it before it became like a huge trend. So I think we didn't talk about it back then because it's like, oh, they don't eat. It's like, no, well, we it's eat. like after babies, you can't, honestly, you can't eat like you used to. I work out really hard, which I love because it's like my sanity. And then I really have to watch my diet. Like I eat healthy and I eat to where I feel good and what keeps me what I feel like is strong. It's like bottom line, I always want to feel strong. So there's certain diets that are like high fat or low carb or some sort of mix. Do y'all have like a certain yeah. diet that you follow? I do high fat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm all about the fat. Like give me a stick of butter, I'll eat it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. But I will eat a whole avocado. Yeah, yeah no, right. not really a whole stick of butter, but like, um, yeah, I eat it like high fat, moderate protein, lower carbs. So what do you guys prioritize about your business? Because obviously, you know, your fitness and physical and mental health is a piece of the, your success here. And so when you prioritize your day, like, have you time blocked it? Is like office hours and part of office hours are working out? Or how do you think about your schedules? Oh, my gosh. I wish I was that organized. I'm like literally like dodging bullets. During the, I have no idea what's happening every morning. I'm just... Yeah, what does go. a day look like for each of you guys? Like, let's do a run through of like, I know there's never an average day, but like if there were to be one. Um, I wake up with my kids. I have to get them off to school early in the morning. So I'm a hot mess. You know, I just go do drop off. Um, and then I come home to emails and my manager is on East coast time. So my phone is dinging at like six. <laughs> so that's kind of my wake up call. Once I get home from dropping off the kids, I go straight into emails and just seeing what I need to organize. Um, and then usually I shoot every day, every, yeah, like almost every day now around three o'clock and then get back to edit, um, you know, and then just kind of sourcing out all the things that are happening in emails, just kind of figuring out what needs to be done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you have like certain blocked off family time or kid time or? Yes and no. Like weekends are pretty sacred for me. Like I usually try and get as much editing done and most of the work done by Friday so that I can have the weekends. Um, you still work somewhat, but I really try. I really try to have those weekends off. Um, it's tough because our job isn't nine to five. So I can't stop working at five o'clock. You know, I, I'm still working, you know, into the evening sometimes, um, or I have to post. And So what does your team look like? Because you mentioned, okay, so, you, you know, you're, you're pulling all the clothes, 
you're working with maybe Erica for photography? Yeah. So <laughs> again, she's very sharing. <laughs> so we're kind of sharing assistance right now. She helps me with that tremendously. Um, we have one Callie who does photography mm-hmm. for both of us, who's awesome. Um, and then she recently let me borrow Wheeler, <laughs> um, who's helping me with writing. Yeah. So eventually... So somebody helping with writing, yes. somebody helping with photography, mm-hmm. a, an assistant... Um, I don't have an assistant. I have okay. a manager, a manager. Okay. who she helps with, like, she does all the negotiating and, you know, all the outreach and all that and just keeps me on track. Um, in an ideal world, I would love to combine those into one role because I'm pretty sure at Christmas she's going to cut me off. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to cut me off at Christmas. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it is, it is on my mind that I need to well, find You've got, somebody. let's see, three quarters to yes. make some moves. Yeah. Build your team. I got to make it happen. So... Erica, what about you? What is your, your team? What, are, well, what does your day look like? But also, I think everyone's interested, too, to hear about, like, your team and what it takes to make this go. Okay. Um, yeah, so I wake up probably around 7 or so, uh, 7, 7.30, and, like, right away, I don't check emails. I don't do anything. I get up, put on my exercise clothes, and I work out, and I work out hard because it's, like, my sanity, and I feel like I start out the day with, like, feeling good, getting that, you know, like, adrenaline rush, you know, like, of – just to feel good, like, um, rush. So I do that and then take a shower, get ready, and then I go to office, which I um, – my home is in Encinitas, which is, like, a small, like, surfer town in San Diego. And then I have an office downtown in the um, Little Italy area where I shoot most of the time. Um, I actually rent an apartment but use it as an office so I can stay overnight there too if I want to, which is really nice. And so I go into the office and I have um, my full-time assistant – who like does a lot of the most of the emails um and so we just like kind of catch up in the morning usually maybe talk to my manager too and um shoot and then uh work I work like a 10 to 5 with my assistant and go home for dinner pretty much yeah yes you're running running a a a full business yeah full business yeah for sure we work five days a week yeah um and then yeah like she said weekends I try to spend it with the family. Yeah. yeah. What are your goals? Because I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh, once they hit a million followers, like it's over. And so <laughs> do you feel that way or do you have other things that are in your sights? Yeah, I do have other things in my sights. I definitely want to incorporate fitness into my work because that's like such a strong thing for me. Um, so I'm kind of, I always want to do like the blogging, but I want to like sh- start shifting also into other verticals, which would be fitness. Yeah. And so do you think you'll do that under the same handle or how do you think about vertical expansion? Yeah. It's not like I'm going to do exercise videos. It's just like styling. I just want to do like more styling of fitness um, and like do like maybe some like athleisure looks that you can incorporate into like actually working out. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but that's going to be like coming. What about you, Lucy? Um, I really want to start focusing on beauty and home. There's some amazing bloggers out there that do an incredible job of sharing home, and it's very impressive. I have been building a home for like four years now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so I'm dying to show my point of view in home, and it's a very different point of view. It's very modern. It's very minimal, um, and it's something I feel really passionate about. It's just figuring out how to do it well, you know, that it resonates and that I combine, like, how do I get leather and denim, you know, looking cool in the home? So that's going to be something for me this year. And you then know, beauty. I think it's, it's interesting when you, when you, what you mentioned about home, because you've had such success in fashion, 
but I'm a victim of this as well, where you have this idea for this next thing and you know more now. And so you want it to be perfect. And I've had, you know, I still have projects that I'm going to call it like failure to launch. And I have like hundreds of photos built up to launch these things. And it's just like this anxiety about like it needing to be perfect. For and sure. so you still feel that. Oh, a hundred percent. I share bits and pieces of my home and people are always like, I want to see more. I want to see more. And I'm like, I just keep waiting until it's perfect. And it's never going to be. Um, so I should really just get on it. Just jump in. Yeah, I should. So that's, that's something I'd like to focus on. And then I want to focus on beauty too. Beauty at a different time in your life, you know, <laughs> or a different age, I yes. guess you could say. Um, I get a lot of questions about skincare and about my beauty routine. Um, so that's been something fun that I've recently started sharing and that's really resonating. So I, I want to start adding that into the mix too. And just like making people, like women feel sexy at any age and at any time. Do you think that'll be a new medium or will it be like shot still photos? You know, I'm not sure. I kind of think it, I've, I don't think I'm brave enough to do YouTube, um, but Insta Stories is kind of my medium for See, it. Right I'm now. telling you, it's so funny because everyone's gonna watch and be like, "Brave enough!" Like you have this yeah. successful influencer business. What do you mean, brave enough? I don't know. It seems like so much. I mean, there's a lot of lights around here right now. <laughs> I can't imagine doing this on the daily. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm 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 exploring it. So what are I want to hear like one or two things from each of you guys that you've learned lately that you're putting into practice and it could be within the last like six months or a year or even last week of like, I just learned this new thing and I'm thinking about X, Y, Z differently or approaching something differently, whether it's captions or photo editing or, um, you know, one thing I've learned recently, alt word words, how do you say alt words on like SEO. Mm -hmm. So I'd never heard of these things before and my photos were just kind of floating out there with nothing. Um, so that has been something new that I've noticed a generous amount of traffic to my blog just by captioning my photos and like, you know, using this SEO is on, your, yeah, on, your blog. Yeah, on my blog. Like that was like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. And now they have alt words on Instagram too. And I've, tr I've tested it. Like I've put the words in there and it actually works. Like you, you see more traction from it. So. Yeah. So for those, um, listeners that aren't familiar with this, Basically, SEO is search engine optimization, and there's different types of search engines. It's, there's Google, but there's also YouTube. You can search on YouTube, and then you can search on Instagram. You can search and like to know it, and there's different things that you can do to help your content flow to the top because the platforms, while we believe that they are all-knowing, actually have no idea what's in our content. And so while, for example, Pinterest might have you know millions and millions of images on it, um, they actually have no idea what's in each of those photos. So unless someone captions them, then they can't index them for search. And so there's things that you can do on your blog and there's SEO plugins that you can use. There's also just the the language that you use throughout um, the body of your text. And then um, you know the tags you can use on your imagery. If you're a reward style influencer, there's those resources on the reward style blog. Otherwise, there's a ton of resources out in the world that you can go search for and find um, both within the Like to Know It app and within Instagram. It's important around your captioning because right. you're basically telling the platform what's in the photo. Yeah. So what they're looking relevant. at you know it just seemed like such a no-brainer that I never did <laughs> um for me it's like I guess more personal actually I feel like I've worked so hard to get to you know where I am and I wasn't taking care of myself I was like you know like stressed out all the time so I would say like there's been a shift in the last like six months where I'm not doing everything I'm turning down some collaborations I'm just working on myself and like Figuring out like what do I want as a person now, not just what's going to grow my business and what you know, and like how to be the best mother and how to be, you know, that I'm like, what do I need in life? And so like that's where I am. 
you know, there's that moment of once you've gotten a business going that, you know, there's this kind of an old story about a man meets a fisherman and he goes down to the water and he says, Hey, I see that you're catching, you know, fish for this restaurant. What if we, you know, get you a boat and you add, you add a guy and like you guys both get out and then you'll go, be able to get more fish. And then when you guys get more fish, we can sell them more restaurants and then we can buy more boats and you can bring on this other team and then we can do this and, and then we can start actually exporting it. And then we can have this huge operation and I can help you get this all off the ground and we'll have thousands of men out on all of these boats that we own and, and doing this worldwide operation. And the man goes, well, why would I do that? And he goes, so that you can, you know, have time to, you know, relax and spend time with your family. He's like, I already have that today. And, and it's, you know, it's something that we overlook and you think that I need to build this like big business with all these people and all these opportunities and a million things happening. And it's like, but what's the actual end goal to that? And that's something that, you know, I have been thinking about often as well is, you know, what is, um, you know, you're bringing in all these collaborations and, and as a successful influencer, you could take those extra hours out of your day. And usually they end up being the family hours and the nighttime hours and the personal time to just breathe because it feels like an opportunity you should take advantage of to keep growing and growing. But then, you know, you are overstimulated on hyperdrive all the time and not your best for your partner and your kids. And I think that that is something with, with influencers and, and business owners of once you get to a certain level of success, what is helping your life and what is hurting your life? Yeah, I found myself like overthinking all the time, not being able to sleep because my mind is just rushing. I'm just like, I got to shift this. Like, it's not good for me. It's not healthy. So, yeah, it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not sustainable. It's not yeah, sustainable. it's not. So... I feel like just need to like regroup a little bit and work on, yeah, like what makes me happy, do more things like go running in nature, you know, things that take more time, which I wouldn't do before because I have to work. But now I'm doing more things that take a little more time and feel a little more special for me. Mm -hmm. So shameless plug time, how can we support you guys? So Lucy and Erica, where can we find you online? What are all your handles across like to know it and Instagram and your blog and maybe a coming YouTube one yeah. day um, and any projects that we can look out for to support? Um, you can find me at Lucy's Whims on Instagram, www.lucyswhims.com on my blog um, and the same on all the other mediums. As far as like growing and supporting, I think, you know, I definitely want the audience out there to know when we try new things, it's kind of for them. You know, so I think to be merciful, you know, when they see new projects or, you know, different photos or, you know, we're trying different things. We're doing it for them, you know, to like put something new out there and to push ourselves. So, you know, as far as upcoming projects, more travel, more travel coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can find me at Fashion Chic Styling. So that was my original handle and I still have it, but it was styling because I had a styling business. Um, and fashionchic.com is my website. And yeah, you know, I would say, you know, like, you know, like for anybody in support, I think a lot of time you just scroll your feed and don't like, like people's pictures. But now like that I do this, I like everyone. If I find a picture that I know someone really tried hard on, I'm going to like it. Like be engaged with the people you follow. Don't just like look at what they're doing. Be like, understand like it takes a lot of work and like support the women who are doing that and if you find something inspirational like it thank you guys so much for joining <laughs> thank so, so you. much richness, richness here I mean, i'm excited for um, the listeners to get to hear more and be inspired about your stories thank you thank amber you. this was awesome Thank you for listening to Like to Know It Influencer Radio. 
Follow Erica and Lucy in the Light to Know It app for their cool girl city style. Find Erica at Fashioned Chic Styling and Lucy at Lucy's Whims. The Like to Know It app is the only place where you can go to search for products and get 100% shoppable results, all in the context of the lives of real, influential people who use those products. Search for products like trench coat, over-the-knee boots, stroller, white marble table, and get results from real people who use them. Like to Know It product search gives you an incredible contextual experience that cannot be found anywhere else. Join our community by downloading the Like to Know It app on the App Store and Google Play.